We are all scared because of the spread of the new coronavirus. Yet there have been scarier pandemics in history, and humankind was even less prepared for them. In this episode of How It Was, we are going to talk about the most devastating of them. How did a beaked mask become a symbol of plague? And what did Jon Snow know about cholera? And why is the Spanish flu not really Spanish? Now wash your hands with soap. Let's start with the plague. The pathogenic agent of one of the deadliest diseases in the history of humankind is the bacterium Yersinia pestis. Plague epidemics claimed the lives of tens of millions of people and terrified the survivors. Before the invention of vaccines and antibiotics, more than half of those infected died from the plague. First outbreaks of the plague occurred in the Neolithic era. At that time, people were learning about agriculture and animal husbandry. Small nomadic groups of hunter-gatherers were being replaced by large settlements of farmers. Living in close proximity to other people is the best way to catch an infection. The earliest identified plague, Bacillus, is about 5,000 years old. Traces of the bacterium were found in a mass burial ground in the territory of modern Sweden. The archaeologists believe they may have found evidence of the first real pandemic of the plague. There is a story that many settlements in Western Eurasia were abandoned and fell into decline. However, we cannot be too sure when we speak about the plague back then. Firstly, the decline may have occurred for other reasons, if indeed there was one at all. It could have been bad harvests. Secondly, no other traces of plague bacillus from that time have yet been found. Let's wait for some more archaeological research. We know quite a bit more about the epidemic nicknamed the Plague of Justinian. The first outbreak occurred in Egypt in year 541, when Emperor Justinian ruled the Byzantine Empire. A year later, the epidemic was already raging in Constantinople, one of the largest cities of that time. Then the plague spread throughout the Byzantine Empire, then on to Rome and Germany reaching England around the middle of the 7th century. At the peak of the epidemic in Constantinople, up to 5,000 people died every day. Emperor Justinian himself caught the disease and was lucky to survive. The plague continued spreading throughout Europe and the Middle East until the middle of the 8th century. But how many people died during the epidemic? The alleged figures vary. Some historians believe that the plague wiped out half the population of the Mediterranean region 20 to 50 million people. Others think that the scale of that disaster is somewhat exaggerated. However terrifying the outbreaks of the pandemic were in big cities, the plague of Justinian was nowhere near the next pandemic of plague, the Black Death. The Black Death broke out in the mid-14th century and claimed about 60 million lives over two decades. The plague bacillus strain that caused the epidemic originated in Central Asia. The Black Death came to the Crimea along the Great Silk Road. It may have been moving with the forces of the Golden Horde, which laid siege to the Genoese fortress of Kaffa. The Horde had to stop the siege because of the outbreak in their ranks. As a parting gift, they catapulted the corpses of the dead at the fortress. After that, the plague reached the ports of the Mediterranean Sea on merchant ships getting into Western Europe and Africa. The sheer scale of the pandemic in Western Europe was terrifying. Cities took an especially hard hit. 
In 1348, Pope Clement VI had to consecrate the River Rhone in Avignon to make it possible to dump the bodies into the water. There was no longer enough land for graves. The Pope himself tried not to let anyone get close to him, sitting for a long time in scented smoke and tossing roots and herbs into the braziers. A patient with the pulmonary form died after three days of constant fever and vomiting of blood. The bubonic form led to acute fever and appearance of painful buboes on the body, mainly in the armpits and in the groin. The infected would die after five days. In 1351, the plague hit the Duchy of Moscow, Pskov, Novgorod and Smolensk. Then it moved to the north of Ukraine. Priests did not have enough time to perform funeral services individually, so families would bring the dead into the church where a mass funeral service would be held every morning. Coffins became scarce, with three bodies sometimes placed into one. The living, on the other hand, turned to God en masse and started retiring to monasteries, giving up their houses and land to the church. Four years after the outbreak, the epidemic started slowing down, but it was not completely over until the late 17th century. It was actually during the 17th century that they came up with a famous beak-like mask. The likely inventor of the mask is a French royal doctor, Charles de Lorme. It was believed at the time that the disease spread through toxic fumes or miasma. Physicians would put lavender or dried flowers into the beak of the mask to protect themselves. The plague came back in the mid-19th century. First, the epidemic broke out in China. By the end of the century, it had spread through port cities all over the world. India took the hardest hit, with about 10 million lives lost. This time, though, humanity was better prepared. During the outbreak in Hong Kong in 1894, Dr. Alexander Yersin discovered the plague bacillus. It was later named after him. By the end of the 19th century, the vaccine was invented, and in the 1940s, antibiotics to treat the sick. Officially, the last plague epidemic ended only in 1959. Throughout history, the disease has claimed 15 million lives. It has not been eliminated completely, though. About 600 people get infected every year. Still, this number is much lower than the millions of people who catch typhoid every year. Typhoid infections are caused by different bacteria, but they all share similar symptoms. The most common types of typhoid infections are typhus, typhoid fever, and relapsing fever. The symptoms are slightly different depending on what type of infection we are talking about, but the common ones include high fever and chills. Without antibiotics, up to half of those who got sick died of extreme fever and complications such as pneumonia. Typhus has been a constant companion of all wars since the time of Hippocrates. That's because it's carried by clothes and head lice sometimes by ticks. Once the living conditions deteriorated, in came the parasites, bringing typhus with them. If the war could be stopped by the eventual signing of a truce, typhus epidemics would be raging for a long time afterwards. Jumping from head to head, lice infected millions of people. During the Thirty Years' War of 1618 to 1648, typhus killed more people than bullets and bayonets. In 1568, Holy Roman Emperor Maximilian II was forced to sign a peace treaty with Ottoman Sultan Selim II and pay him tribute for eight years just because the emperor's army was crippled by typhus. Typhus was a regular companion of World War I, the subsequent wars in the Russian Empire, and World War II. In the 1940s, a mass vaccine appeared, which served to prevent the pandemic. 
but typhus is still lurking out there, and it will stay there as long as there are areas with poor sanitary conditions and lice. Typhoid fever had a similar pattern of following wars and natural disasters. The difference is that it's not carried by lice, but by people, or to be more specific, their feces, particles of which can get on somebody's hands or food. The first known typhoid fever epidemic occurred in Athens. In the second year of the Peloponnesian War, Athens began to lose to Sparta and its allies. The city, overflowing with refugees, was under siege. Crowded space and unsanitary conditions led to the predictable outcome. An epidemic broke out in the city, claiming the lives of 30,000 people. The Spartans, famous for their fearlessness, were afraid too. After 40 days, they stopped the attack and started retreat. There is legend that Athenian strategist Pericles was among those who died from typhoid fever. The descriptions of the symptoms and the epidemic in general was made by historian Thucydides, who suffered from the disease himself, but survived. In 2006, after studying the remains in a mass grave under the Acropolis of Athens, scientists found that the plague that hit Athens in 430 BC was actually typhoid fever. There are vaccines against typhoid fever now, but outbreaks still happen occasionally. In 2015, typhoid fever was detected in Ukraine, and in 2017, in Russia. The surefire way to avoid typhoid fever is cleanliness. Maintaining a clean environment is also a good way to avoid the next disease on our list, cholera. Before the vaccine was developed, cholera killed hundreds of thousands of people. Weeks of severe diarrhea led to dehydration and eventually to death. Even ancient Greeks knew of cholera, but it remained a regional disease for a long time, only affecting the south of Asia. Cholera is constantly accompanied by heat, dirty pools of water, and overpopulation. Europe was too cold and empty for Vibrio cholera, but everything changed in 1816. One theory is that due to a cold snap, cholera mutated and became much more contagious and deadlier. Bengal was the first one struck, with not just locals, but also British soldiers and colonial officials catching the disease. The pandemic ended in 1824, having reached the Volga region and the Caspian Sea. This was as far as cholera could get because of the cold snap. The rivers froze, bringing trade and migration to a halt. As soon as five years later, though, the disease struck again. This time it emerged in the western part of Russia, spreading to Europe after that. The third pandemic, the scariest one yet, started in 1852, causing panic in Britain. It claimed millions of lives. Cholera was not effectively eliminated for a long time due to medieval superstitions. The disease was believed to be caused by the miasma that we talked about, toxic fumes as opposed to dirty water. Of course, fumes had nothing to do with it. Luckily, some bright minds finally came up with the idea to pay attention to water. In Russia, wells would be disinfected with bleach. Italian physician Filippo Pacini published his theory on the link between dirty water and contagion in 1854. In the same year, a British doctor came to the same conclusion. His name was John Snow, and he was an ardent opponent of the miasma theory. After the outbreak of cholera in London, he made an analysis of the local water and found it to be full of sewage. His colleagues made fun of him relentlessly, and the medical journal The Lancet published an offensive satire about him. In 1858, an abnormal heat wave dried up the Thames, and the unbearable stench of feces spread throughout London. 
Whether they liked it or not, the authorities were forced to design a new sewer system, and by the mid-1860s, cholera had disappeared from London forever. The pandemics kept happening in other countries, though. There were four of them, and they shook Europe and Asia from Spain to Japan until as late as 1975. At the end of its global tour, cholera mostly went back to South Asia. Isolated outbreaks which do not reach the pandemic status still happen in various parts of the world, though. On average, cholera kills up to 3 million people a year worldwide, and it's lurking wherever there's dirty water and unsanitary living conditions. You hardly risk catching the next disease on our list, but you have definitely encountered its offspring, the seasonal flu outbreak. We're talking about the Spanish flu. In 1918, World War I was already into its fifth year. The war created the perfect situation for the pandemic. It led to poverty and dirt, shaping the most favorable environment for the disease to develop. Numerous soldiers had to travel great distances, spreading the infection. Close proximity in the barracks and trenches guaranteed that once the infection infiltrated a military unit, it would get to every single person. In the spring of 1918, a flu epidemic broke out in the United States, quickly reaching Europe. The outbreak was very similar to the regular seasonal flu and died out by summer. In August, however, the flu returned in a much more dangerous form. The virus may have mutated over the summer. The new strain led to pneumonia way more often, and pneumonia ended in death in over half the cases. What is more, unlike the regular flu, which primarily affected the elderly and children, the new virus did not spare the young either. In September, former head of the American Medical Association, Victor Vaughan, was urgently called to a military base near Boston. Once he got there, he saw that the hospital was full to capacity, but new soldiers were coming in every minute. All their faces appeared tinged blue, and they were vomiting blood. Vaughan wrote that if the epidemic continued at that rate, it could wipe out all of humanity. Even though the new strain originated either in the US or in France, according to different theories, it went down in history as the Spanish flu. Spain has censorship to blame for that. The countries engaged in warfare prohibited the dissemination of information that could undermine the soldiers' morale. Spain did not participate in the war, though, so nobody stopped local newspapers from writing about it. Because of that, people got the impression that Spain was struck the hardest by the new strain of the flu. Many researchers believe that quarantine and proper public awareness of the epidemic could have saved millions of lives. Many people ended up learning about the new flu when it was too late to practice social distancing, since everyone around them was already sick. The lack of information made people panic. There were situations in the US when people starved to death before the flu could kill them. The neighbors were too scared to bring them food. The medicine was powerless against the Spanish flu. There were no vaccines and no ways of dealing with the complications. Like in the times of the Black Death, people resorted to folk cures. To protect themselves, they would pray, eat onions, or even wear them around their necks. Many believed alcohol to be the most reliable protection method. This theory still has numerous supporters today. In total, there were half a billion people infected with the Spanish flu worldwide, almost a third of the global population. The estimated death toll is from 50 to 100 million. Fewer people were killed in World War I by bullets and shells. At the peak of the epidemic in Spain, even the traditional church bells toll for the dead was temporarily banned. 